Today we are talking to Marco, the CTO and co-founder of Vinzi, and we discuss making the transition from startup to enterprise, how to avoid getting caught up in the newest shiny object, and if it's the CTO's responsibility to maintain quality of the code. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Dude, that was crazy. That was just insane. Uh, yeah, that's part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Doing, managing a team completely remotely, having issue with communication. Yeah, I'm getting used to that. What are you guys using mainly? Using Slack? Yes, we're using Slack. Uh, we're using Google Meet, which is uh, way superior than Google Hangout. And we're using Zoom as well, because now that we are over 40, uh, Zoom seems the, the most stable tool though, when when we are all the company together. So we tend to use Zoom for a company meeting. Oh, but where does, where does Slack break down? Like how many people do you get reliably together on Slack? Um, I In fact, I didn't check lately. I know that at the beginning it was like five when they launched it, but they probably increased the limit. It's just that uh, I, I didn't look at that uh, lately, but maybe, maybe they, they, they handle much more than that now. Did you see the video on LinkedIn of me dancing with the girl from Zoom? Ah, uh, no, <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta tag you in. Well, I'll tag you in it after the show. It's got like six thousand views, man. Wow, great! great. I know. We're, she's taught me. She's like we did this little Beyonce dance. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, we were at a conference in Orlando, which is nearby where we live in Florida, and one of our friends from Finland was visiting. Uh, Varun and he told us he's like hey come to the conference so we did and we brought like a, our camera crew and everything and we did some interviews with Intel and Zoom and Twilio and it was a lot of fun oh cool 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 so you use Zoom for your mass mass meetings right yep 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 uh because I mean we, we started four years ago so four years ago we were I, I think we we were probably changing tool every to sprint just because we're like, okay, this one is, is a bit unstable or this one doesn't support Linux. And because that's also a requirement for us, I was trying to find tool that works well on, on the three uh, OS because developer tend to use different OS as well. And and yeah, there's there's not much of, uh, of them also that run well on, on Linux. Uh, but yeah, I think the best contender right now is clearly Google Meet. I think they, they really nailed down something uh, with, with that. The, the, the picture quality is is really really great, and the sound when we are uh, multiple user together, uh, it's uh, because I mean it's always the brainstorm that are the challenge. Uh, when when you try when when you do a speech to a bunch of people, that's good. But when when you try to challenge idea and then people start to talk over other people and so on, that's where it can can get a bit funky as well. So uh, so yeah, good <laughs> good challenge, good challenge. Yeah, so I haven't heard of Google Meet before. This is the first time I'm hearing about it from you right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they, they launched that. Uh, I think they introduced that through uh, uh, G Suite, uh, so that the Ooh. enterprise version of, of Gmail that we're using. And then we got kind of an ad about, about that, and we enabled that. And I have to say that it's, it's pretty, pretty good, pretty solid. Oh, it's got a beautiful picture on the homepage when I go to Google Meet. That's really nice. I love it when the sites have really good photography. You know, it makes it all so much better. Yeah, and it, it's kind of a, it shows what what they do really well. I mean, when when you share your your screen or share just just enabling the the webcam, it's like really really great quality. You know, so without without having the sound to break and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. I always think it's cool when these companies they completely defer from their code base to just do something totally new from the beginning like they didn't try to manipulate hangouts they just redid it right is that what you were saying yeah yeah that's that's how i i understand that that product clearly and and i mean the result is is really there so i'm like okay cool finally they, they really nailed <laughs> nail it out so i was excited to talk to you today because well a number of reasons but one of them was because i came across your product like a couple years ago i have a friend who owns a furniture manufacturing company Okay. And she has her products everywhere, and you were one of the solutions that 
was what we were what they were looking at for maintaining the product everywhere. Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's what you what like the core of your business, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. So what we 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 try to do uh, is really streamlining uh, the supply chain between retailer and manufacturer because these days, let's say you want to open a bicycle shop and sell bicycle online, it's pretty easy. You go on Google, you 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 query, you search for manufacturer. Within ten minutes, boom, you get ten manufacturer. Uh, but then uh, shortly after, you'll receive their, their email and, and you'll figure out that their product information is in different format and come from different source. Some will have that on FTP, on, on retailer portal, or they will send you two emails per day because everybody wants to stay uh, almost real time with their inventory and price. So um, that's the first thing we do. We connect people together, uh, their, the manufacturer and their retailer. So as soon as they uh, update their product information, uh, uh, all the their retailer get the um, the information real time. They get a notification. After that, uh, but again, those product lists are there's no standard almost uh, on the market, or at least no standard that uh, they're standard, but not followed by a critical mass of people. So we end up with a product list in all different shape and and format. And then when you look at Shopify, they expect a specific format. And when you look at Amazon or eBay, they expect totally different format. Nobody respects the same same approach there. So we build a transformation engine to help those retailer or sometimes manufacturer to transform their product information to make sure that uh, it becomes compatible with the platform where they want to sell those those products. And the third thing that we're, we're doing is also connecting to those integrations. So we have currently integration with Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, we have with Shopify. We have with uh, Amazon and WooCommerce, for example. Uh, this is the big one that... Um, that we have currently. So we're always adding more uh, to this, in fact, to really help those, those manufacturer and retailer to, to put their Excel spreadsheet aside so far. Yeah, so it's real exciting with all the growth, right? Oh yeah, this year is pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, um, started four years ago, uh, we were four. Now uh, we are 45, if not 47. Uh, I have. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to still go on Slack and count the number of people from time to time, you know, just to follow up with the with the growth. Um, we also just signed an office in Vancouver, so the dev team uh, is clearly distributed, but uh, we see a concentration of the sales uh, and marketing mainly in the operation as well in Vancouver. Uh, so that's where that's where we are. Well, that's smart because then you can get the energy and build the team feel when you're when you have the sales and marketing in person. Yeah, I mean, they, they face the kind of same cha same challenge as as development team. Meaning that if you ask me my preference, for sure I will say let's let's bring all the people together and face to face. Uh, we're just trying to do that differently. And uh, I mean, it's at the beginning of NZ that was clearly. Uh, one of, of the way uh, to success because, I mean, you need to find people that are there in their life, you know, that want to commit to a startup. You know it's going to be a lot of hour. You know it's going to be a shitty paycheck. Uh, but you need to believe in that and then say, okay, I'll, I'll give I'll give a couple of months. I, I'll give a year or two years to those guys to make sure that uh, uh, they, 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 they deliver something on the business side and then we work as 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 the development team. And then in the end, I mean, we were able to, to grow a dev team, to build a dev team of, of really passionate people. And one of my, my uh, main, uh, one of the things that I'm really, really proud is the former developer that joined Venzi four years ago are still with us right now. So that helped a lot you know, when, when you have the, the people that can tell the story behind, you know, the decision that nobody remember. Uh, so right. I still have those guys with me. <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's uh, for me. It's it's really something I'm uh, I am proud of because when you start small, if you have first you have to manage all that growth, and after that, if you start having problem with with uh, retention, and then you lose knowledge, and you need to start again and start hiring. The hiring process takes so much time uh, that I that I pay a lot of attention to to my hiring process and also uh, to make sure that I keep the folks happy within the team. So how large is your team today, your development team? Uh, development team, uh, if you include a QA product where we are uh, 18, if I uh, recall the right number. Um, so yeah, that include uh, uh, 
four people in the product team and uh, three people right now in the QA team as well. That's exciting. And what language is the base application written in, like the largest part of the application? Uh, but we have a, a classic uh, front-end and back-end architecture. So the front-end is Angular v1 uh, because that was that was because you can't upgrade to v2 solution. easily. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's not easy to upgrade to v2, and I mean we're we're not uh, data intensive, if I can put it this way. In terms of UI and our dashboard, it's not a lot of numbers that change multiple times per second. So it's like the the, the speed of of uh, Angular v1. Uh, fulfill our need right now so we prefer to con concentrate ourselves to add more feature and and mainly improve on the the ux uh, experience which is our great great challenge uh and the back end is a node js um, rest api uh, but one of the big the big project we have this year is to move more and more to uh, serverless uh, architecture so uh, we we are a big fan of amazon uh, since the beginning uh, and uh, we we tend to use a lot of their service, and and right now that's uh, that's what we're we're doing. Though we're migrating the the the, the core feature to to serverless uh, in order to to improve our scalability uh, ca capacity. Well, you ha you have to speak nicely of of Bezos and Amazon because now Alexa is listening all the time. Mm. <laughs> Do you have Alexa? No, no, no. I don't have anything like that. Uh, I don't know why I'm a little bit old school for that uh, in terms of talking to my device. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still not comfortable necessarily, or I don't have the reflex to, to even, you know, I have a Gear uh, S3 watch uh, and, and I don't even think about asking to set a timer. I will still go on my microwave and put the kitchen timer there. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not, uh, but I, I had a lot of good good feedback. I mean, my, my brother has one and uh, he's enjoying that a lot. He got the, the Google Home uh, and he's enjoying that a lot. So, uh, so yeah, I'll probably do the move at some point. Do you have any kids? Uh, no, not yet, not yet. Uh, it's, uh, it's in the mail. It's in the mail. It's in the mail. Well, when they start when they start making fun of you for not using Alexa, then you'll have to. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, clearly, clearly. You set the kitchen timer. You're so old. I know, I know, I know. Hey, I just got I just got my first one like for Christmas, so I'm not I haven't been on it forever either. I just it's been three months since I have started using it, and I'll tell you what, Marco, it it was very awkward to start talking to the device. You know, like it was really weird for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm comfortable you, now with it. Yeah. You're, you're now you're comfortable. Yeah. And now I want to do more. I'm like, Alexa, clean my house. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, I wish. I wish. Ubering you a maid. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> at some point, maybe, so cool. yeah, they, they'll start to connect all those services together at some point. It will. Isn't the future so great, though, Marco? Oh yes, oh yes. I mean, it's a it's a great time to 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 be to be in the tech industry. I feel. I mean, it's um, it's interesting. I mean, my my story in terms of of developer. Uh, I, I was, uh, and that, that will tell a bit about my age again. But I, I came on the the market as a professional uh, back in two thousand, and uh, my first job was uh, Oracle software developer. Uh, and then it's super interesting because I was really reluctant to go in the web development at that time. Uh, there was also the, the kind of the aura of, uh, okay, if you're not a good application developer, then you end up as a web developer and so on. Right. Um, yeah. and, and I mean, to be honest, we were also, I was using .NET at that time. It was like 2000. 2004 in in those years as well I um, started to use .NET and Visual Studio and I mean it was so complete altogether that I, it, it felt really like going backward to start web development I would say that these days it's completely another story and four four years ago when I started uh, Venzi I had to go back as a developer uh, you know and and to well because we were we were four uh, so. I was doing before that more management, if I can say. Uh, then I had to teach myself back how to be a web developer, and I discovered the tool, I discovered Angular, I discovered uh, Node and, and AWS and all their service and how you can connect things together these days, which is just incredible. I mean, uh, 
Um, I don't know if you do home automation a little bit, but yeah. I, I kind of fall into into that uh, two years ago with a, a smart thing uh, hub and started to connect my thing. And I'm doing a little bit of, of uh, Arduino Raspberry Pi project. So it's like, oh my God, you can, you can get a REST API available on your Arduino that will enable your lamp on and off because this lamp is outside of your uh, smart thing uh, project, but you can use your smart thing hub to contact that API that run on your Arduino and then light up that light that is of grid. <laughs> so it's right. super interesting. It's like I have my head is always full of project. It's just that I don't have enough time to <laughs> to put all them uh, in progress. But uh, but yes, I mean, it's uh, it, the possibility of the connectivity these days is just incredible. It's it's not about what you want to do. It's it's about how much you want to pay or how much time you have to just develop it by yourself. But I mean, it's, it's going crazy. Yeah, so your, your story is a true developer to CTO story. Yes. Yes, totally. I started uh, really uh, out from college in, in 2000. Uh, I discovered Scrum in 2001, uh, which was really, really early from a, a, a teacher at university and then started to, to look at that. And I figured out that, hey, there's a way to, you know, develop software and be, be happy uh, and then work as a team on that and then started on that move after that to Ubisoft, uh, I spent seven, six, seven years working there. I worked on a couple of games uh, from- What games did you work on? Uh, Prince of Persia, The Two Thrones was my first one. Nice. That was, uh, that was really, really interesting uh, uh, experience. Uh, after that, I worked on um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, which was the, yes. the, the game, uh, I think in 2006, when they released a new movie, uh, they, there was a, a game attached to that as well. Of course, of course. So, so yeah, no. Uh, what about Rainbow Six Three? No, no, no. That's the two game I did. After that, I went more in the what we, what they call the service. So uh, I worked as a director of IT. Uh, I worked as a deputy director in the network team as well, and then um, spent a couple of a uh, couple of time as a. a, a team manager and product manager uh, to like manage all the side product, uh, like the HR product, uh, financial product, uh, the tools that are used within the, the company. So uh, that's why I did, because uh, to be honest, it's, it's kind of, a, uh, at least during those years, it, it was challenging to, to do three, four games in a row. Uh, there was a lot of, of crunch and, and happy weekend uh, to, spend, to spend there. But, uh, but yeah, it, it has been an incredible experience. Uh, it definitely helped shaping me what, what I am uh, these days uh, as a CTO, because, because the opportunity to take leadership uh, was was pretty incredible that's that's what it's all about though right like transitioning your roles and learning how to adapt to the next level and gaining those skills oh yeah totally and i mean you, you better start doing that when you're comfortable at the at a day job when you can see and and figure out the evolution you know more slowly because when you when when you get into the startup world it's like the same happened, but multiplied by 10. I mean, the, the work I'm doing today versus the work I, I, I was doing uh, even just six months ago is, is already different. And if you compare to what I was doing four years ago when we got started, oh, my God, it, it has totally changed, totally changed. And I think that's that's one of the big, big challenge. And I, I won't put that just as a CTO level. I, I mean, it's a, any any management level when you start uh, as a startup i mean the the director of the sales or the chief sales officer or whatever he will start doing cold call you know because he's the first one to join the team so as a cto you need to be hands on as well and then the more the team the, the, the team grow you you need to 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 uh, uh readjust your your role in fact and and make sure you do the right thing so you know what's really interesting is that this whole concept of developer to cto has only ever existed in humanity the past 20 years. Yeah, yeah, no, and that, that's interesting. That's, uh, I, I didn't dig uh, enough into that, I think, to, to, to really understand why. Is it, is it just a matter of, of before it was just management people with like MBA that was getting that technical role? It was just a role was not existing at all. 
yeah, it, we, it just kind of popped up. It just started to exist when technology became more and more a part of our lives. And, you know, I'm in my early 30s. And so you and I have both seen technology be not a huge part of our lives. Like I have clear memory. When I graduated high school, right? I'm, I think I'm younger than you, right? Uh, yeah, probably a couple of years, yeah. I think. Yeah. So when I graduated high school, there was two people in my entire graduating class that had cell phones. Like it, oh, yeah. it was just like, like two cell phones and they were like the very basic, like the ultra, like the first cell phones that existed. You know, more people had pagers than cell phones in high yeah. school. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in high school, nobody had anything on my on my side. I really start to saw that uh, happening at uh, the college. Uh, right after after the high school, yeah, and that's where I got my first cell phone share with my brother. That was just in case yep. something happened, you know. <laughs> yeah, you counted the minutes. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh my God. Yes. It's like it was a uh, probably the first phone um, à la carte where you pay for a, a prepaid phone. Uh, yeah, so it's like you get 50 minutes for the month. <laughs> it's like someone <laughs> calling you. Just you just told them, OK, I'm going to call you from a landline. Thank you. Click. <laughs> yes. Right. Good old days. Good oh, old. man. It's, it's so. So now in this observable time where we have significant memory, we've this whole role has popped up. So I started talking and realized that there are thousands and thousands of people, these CTOs and developers who are becoming CTOs and no one was talking about it. Like no one's talking about it. I went to go find a book on it. No one's talking about it. I went to go find media and different videos and content on it. No one's talking about it. So I said, well, everyone keeps asking me questions and referring people through friends to talk to me. So I said, I'll write, you know, blog post about it. Right. So then they got like several thousands of likes and shares and comments and everybody was really talking about it and engaging with it. And so then I turned that into the book and then the book hit number one on Amazon. And now everybody's like talking about going from developer to CTO. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And I think also I, I, I remember uh, maybe the first uh, first company I was working on or a company of my friend, uh, the, the Technology and formation, the, the IT as, as we know it, was was mostly under finance people. Not it, it didn't add its own cheap. It, it was. was like a, yeah. just a cost. Oh yeah, we need to pay for those guys that manage the computer. But but now, I mean, a company without IT, uh, there's there's not not much of them. I mean, you you're gonna have IT no matter what you do, even if you. You own a garage. You're gonna still have a, a computer. People are are offering system to take your your uh, your um, appointment online, things like that. So so yeah, I think it's uh, we're gonna continue to to see uh, uh, a lot more of, of this role to pop in in different industry that maybe didn't have that uh, before. But yeah, definitely an interesting uh, interesting period. So for you, uh, are you, are you in are you a big explorer type person or? Uh, in fact, I, I tend to explore, but in a different way. Uh, I'm uh, w- when I'm not working for Venzi, uh, I'm I'm either working on my race car or doing racing what? or amateur uh, lapping. So uh, so yeah, and my wife as well. So we tend to to travel, but uh, from from racetrack to racetrack during the summer. <laughs> oh, what type of what type of vehicle do you race? Uh, right now, I have a Subaru STI. Um, so it's, it's, it's more lapping than racing, meaning it's, uh, there's no competition. It's just a bunch of guys that, uh, and there's a, a lot of club here. So they run the racetrack and we arrive and it's just such all event. Uh, and, and we run uh, our car as fast as possible, at least on, on the racetrack versus on the road. So is it, is it like a traditional racetrack or is it like it's a set up racetrack through different terrain and areas? I mean, it's it's uh, like we go to Mont Tremblant, which is probably the, the the most known racetrack here in Quebec. It's it's uh, on the mountain directly, uh, and it's it's a, a fixed uh, place. Look. So it's available uh, by not during the winter, but uh, some racetrack do. Uh, I do also uh, winter lapping. So uh, at the airport uh, here in Mirabel, uh, 
they opened the restructuring during the winter for uh, for winter lapping as well. So it's like 24. That's why I bought a, an STI because it's four wheel drive. So instead of looking at my car three, four months per, per year in my garage, I, I just jump on it and <laughs> still race it during the, win the winter. So have you gotten a drone yet? Have you gotten into that? Uh, yes, yes, a little bit. I mean, I'm more, uh, uh, I started more with the helicopter. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then drone. Uh, but I mean, it for me, it's the, the the feeling of flying a drone or or an helicopter is it's a uh, pretty pretty close. Uh, it's just that with the helicopter, by yeah, with the drone as well. That they 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 have a, a drone that can do uh, figures and 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 things like uh, the helicopter does. But uh, yeah, I started with that. Uh, like what five six years ago maybe I, I bought a small one, uh, um, Elite uh, MSR. So it's kind of a six-inch uh, helicopter that you can fly in-house uh, at your own. And then uh, after that, I graduated to bigger model uh, a little bit. So yeah. Uh, Life-size version yet? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I, I did uh, when I was when I was pretty young. Uh, I had my my um, glider uh, license. Uh, because oh, I did nice. my air cadet, and uh, in fact, it's funny because I, I got my I, I got my my uh, glider license be before getting my driver's license. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice! 16 years old. So yeah, yeah, yeah. After I came back from my from from the camp, uh, I finally took my course to to get my driver license. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, I mean everything that fly uh, interests me since since I was young. Uh, in fact. Everything related to science. I mean, I think it's it's. Uh, I found out interesting. I was reading a lot about uh, uh, space exploration back in in the nineties and and things like that. And uh, now that I am able to uh, play with this kind of of toys and 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 fly by myself uh, a little bit, but yeah, I, I jump on that. And uh, it's just that, yeah, I, I don't have enough time to do to do everything I, I would like to do. Uh, in a, in a weekend but uh, <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i just it's got hard. my first drone oh yeah oh cool yeah yeah i, I got, got a video on, uh, on the internet yeah i got the it's a, called a mavic pro and oh, yeah. it's cool because like it can track you so i could set it up to track me and i was just wondering if you had ever set up the drone to track your car ah uh, like, yeah no 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 and and i mean the thing is Let's say like five years ago, we were seeing a guy or two with a drone at the racetrack, but now it becomes so popular that they tend to to uh, uh, to block you from from doing that because there's there's going to be twenty drone around the racetrack uh, looking at the car. Uh, so so yeah, it's um, it's it's a little bit harder now than it was uh, back in those days. But but sadly, four or five years ago, there was no drone to track <laughs> to track you. But I would love to 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 do that. Uh, so we get questions, people write us questions and they ask us to have, you know, CTOs answer them, right? And so we got a question in here and they want to know about the spaghetti code uh, epidemic. So have you struggled with spaghetti code forever? What was the solution? Just what do you know? What do you, how do you feel about spaghetti code? And what sort of value can you bring to newer developers who don't want to be writing spaghetti code anymore? They want to change. Yeah, 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 and it's it's a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge. I struggle with that a lot in in my care through my career, and I think that helped me to to understand. I I won't say that I took necessarily all the best call, but I, I think we took a, a pretty good good route with uh, with Venzi. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I recall that the first job I did uh, this the system was up and running since ten years when I joined the team. So you can imagine of of how, how much uh, spaghetti code there was there was there. Um, and, and for me, it, I mean, the management need to be really aware of that and aware of the um, of of the the impact of that. And that's where it's not always easy, I think, as a developer to, when you speak to a non-technical person to make sure they understand, okay, but the fact that you asked me to do that feature in two weeks when I told you it will take three, there's gonna be impact after that. And if, if there's, um, if the metric that you follow, let's say, are not 
uh, um, are not a good one. Let's say you, you don't track the number of code and it's not uh, the number of bug, open bug, and it's not something that you follow on a, on a sprint basis. It will be hard to see those impact of A because what sometime what the, the business people will see is, oh, great, finally, at least I, I'm, I'm glad that I pushed for two weeks because they delivered in two weeks. If I would have agreed with three, they would have taken three. But there's a reason why you take three weeks to do the work instead of two. It's it's due to the quality. So for me, it, it's I, I am probably the, the biggest guardian of, of the quality and the code. And, and I think that is the role of the CTO. I mean, if the CTO is not able to, to listen to his development team um, and, and make sure that the business or product team uh, um, put period to fix the bug in the planning uh, because that's also one of, of our uh, um, a good way to manage that is we're going to put uh, what we call the bug bash uh, within a sprint. So it's like, okay, that team for this sprint, they are dedicated to uh, fix bug. And that's it because we, we we added a bunch of feature that's been three months and you need to do your, your cleanup. So uh, one of the uh one of the 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 the, um, the thing that works well is really when you put that as uh, within your your routine it's like every two months or every three months you do a bug bash and it's it's part of the planning from day one and it needs to be respected and not postponed because there's a new emergency for a new feature if you're able to stick with that i think that as a product manager or cto you'll be able to keep the quality that said, for a new developer that want to stop doing uh, crappy code, that's that's interesting. And I and I read your your article and your blog about that. And at some point, yes, you need to to find a way. And I I, I remember using a lot the metaphor uh, or past example to link all the information and the impact. Like, okay, you remember that story? By it led to that bug. That bug we lost one week to try to fix it. So the feature we were supposed to work on has been postponed. And due to that, we missed that demo with that client or, you know. Uh, so at some point, you need to be able to, to, to enlighten the people that take the decision to make sure that, yes, they're going to let you do those bug bash. And also, um, one of the things I learned through Venzi really related about the quality is um, the, the mindset need to evolve. You know, we were talking earlier about the role of a CTO that need to evolve, but I think the mindset versus the quality need to evolve as well, because it's true at the beginning. I mean, what is the first question you ask yourself as, as, as a, as a co-founder when you have a, a six month, three month, one years old company, am I going to run out of money? What can I do to not <laughs> run out of money? Because I want to continue to pay that developer that I just hired, you know? Um, yeah. So the, the pressure is there for that. So are you going to cut the corner from time to time? Because you need to deliver that freaking feature to make sure that your business partner can do the demo to the you to the, the potential customer. And then, yes, you're going to need to do that. Uh, it's just that at some point, and we kind of crossed that line uh, last year for us. Uh, where we, as a team, as a product team, as a development team, we kind of sit together and we said, okay, enough is enough. We're not a startup anymore. We're, let, let's make sure we are and we are acting as a grown-up startup. And what a grown-up startup or an enterprise-grade company would do, they would focus on quality. And then focus on quality because also, I mean, the thing is, last year we reached a maturity. Okay, just to put on context, we are disturbing the supply chain of our client, of our retailer and manufacturer. So, it's not a small decision for them to integrate Venzi in their pipeline. So, it took us, uh, let's say, a, a bit more time versus other kind of product to to really take off uh, and make sure that we were bringing enough value and more value to the customer so they can integrate them uh, into their, their supply chain. So uh, last year, we came to that, 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 um, that discussion and that agreement that, okay, we have a good product. We have a, a mature enough product that the salespeople can sell it 
there's there's not much complaint about about quality or missing feature or things like that perfect so it's now time to change and adjust in and ad, adjust our process in terms of development uh, so we switch the mindset to make sure that everything is about quality and we embrace more the quality and not that I, I won't say it's not the right word punishing uh, punishing the the delay but we would put less emphasis if a feature is delayed versus if a feature is delivered buggy i don't know if yeah. i'm clear but it's like the yeah, focus is really on quality so so make sure that I, I'm okay to 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 work with the product management and say, okay, yes, we're gonna need one week more to finalize that feature because we want the unit test coverage uh, over 80, over 90%. We want to give enough time to the QA team to go through that and build the, the, the test automation as well to make sure that we release a quality feature. And, and so far, and to be honest, I don't think and I may be wrong, and I would be happy to 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 be proved wrong, but I still believe that it's not a mindset that you can totally be in when you start, because you just need to get the things done to stay polite. Well, that that's the tough part. This is what yeah. makes it such a muddy thing: is you kind of have to not do the best things up front to get off the ground and then slowly break those bad habits and adapt better habits throughout the process of the startup and then knowing when to drop what habits at what points in times based on your cash flow that's like an art it's like this weird dance that everyone has to do it's not easy oh no 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 and i'm talking uh, i may sounds like oh yes it, it went easy and we came to that illumination altogether but but it took some time i mean we had our discussion related to to that and and sometimes you're like okay no now we focus on on quality and boom that big giant client came in with his crazy request and we're like okay we need to stop everything <laughs> put the focus on that but you know when that client is called Bed Bath and Beyond, you do whatever you need to do to yes, you do to, to make sure <laughs> to bring them uh, to bring them bring them in. And, and I mean, they are super happy uh, right now. So it's it's uh, it's really 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 fun. But but yes, it's a it's a dance. I, I, I like I like the term you you use there. It's it's really a dance, and and finding that line uh, is is hard. But at some point, there's there's also the growth of the team that uh, pushed us on that direction because, you know, at the beginning, you are four or five developer. Uh, it's easy. You are always in contact through Slack. You jump on on, on Google Hangout for a five-minute meeting and, and you agree on the, I don't know, the way you're going to architect the, the the next feature. But now that, that I have uh, three teams that develop, I need people that oversee this I need, technical guidelines I need, design review I need, uh, coding guidelines as well, because otherwise the design review start to be long because we always bring the same comment, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I felt that I was driven also uh, by, by the growth of, of the team and, and the team were requesting that through uh, request or complain uh, at, at some point uh, because because they're like okay yes we we want to do quality but but we need to to agree on the way we'll do we'll do the things well that's that's the hardest thing to do so the i get you would imagine i get like a lot of people that write to me from reading the article different developers and everyone at every different state and what they one of the things that comes up constantly is like how do you define good like, how do you define quality? And because we were talking about how it changes all the time, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, these are some good slash tough questions, right? So I actually set out and started writing about it, which is my next, my next project that I'm working on is answering all these questions that people reach out and ask. Like, it's, you know, it's really weird because you run a company, right? So your customers, they all seem to have the same questions, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you deal with sales and you're at, you're at, and at the beginning. So you understand that, all right, you're going to get these seven questions all the, like 80% of the time and you answer them really well. And then that makes your company look professional, right? Well, mm -hmm. these questions I get from developers, like I get the same seven to 10 questions, but like over the course of, you know, three months, I get them a thousand times, right? So oh, yeah. 
so now I'm starting to answer them. And another thing I realized too is like, so with sales or marketing or graphics, like sales is sales. You From the day one, you, you make a sale. Like it doesn't change. But with the programming, you have to be constantly doing that dance that we were talking about and it constantly changes, right? But sales doesn't have that. You, you develop the plan, you, you develop the pipeline, you sell the product, right? And then graphics, you make the graphic, you put the graphic out. But with the program, you're always deciding and changing the quality and figuring it out and playing that dance. So it, it's definitely like a new problem that I'm picking up on that we, we, you and I both have experience with. Now it's just the, the art of like articulating it and putting it into, into words. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, <clears throat> I agree at some point it's like, I don't remember how many time I, I, I rewrite a coding standard. Uh, why right. don't we have a, <laughs> a better or, or more, uh, um, standardized coding standard. Oh my God. That's, that's a lot of standard, but maybe right. that's the answer as well. I mean, people like to do their own things. And also, as you said, it, it changed the coding standard from Angular V1 would be different from Angular V2 because TypeScript versus JavaScript, uh, et cetera. So there's always a moving part. And, and in terms of the technology, I mean, it moves so fast. I mean, I feel... I feel that we have an old product now because I'm saying the front end is, a, is an Angular V1. And it's like everybody is talking about React and Angular. I think it's six now, the last version. And I'm like, yeah, we're still on V1. You know, we are just four years old, but we're pretty old now. <laughs> but we have we have revenue, though. That's oh, the yeah. thing that you have that others don't have. We, you have revenue. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the key thing. And that's that's where at some point you need to to focus on the right thing. I mean, we don't need to be on the edge of the UI uh, technology. Uh, I mean, our client expect a fast running process in the background, but that's what we are delivering to them. And that's why we did a much more R&D on uh, how to go serverless and how to improve our uh, scalability capacity because, I mean, in average, a client that will work with us has 10,000 products. So it's 10,000 product to load and 10,000 product to transform and to transfer to another platform sometime, two, three times a day. So our main challenge was the data processing in the backend, not, not that much the, the, the UI. That doesn't mean we don't, we don't work really hard to get a great UI, but in terms of the, the technology behind it, I I don't think uh, our user or, or anybody would really see that we move. If we keep the same UI uh, moving from Angular 1 to Angular, uh, uh, Angular uh, the last Angular or React, it would not make that much change. So as you said, I mean, it's, it's always a question of priority. Uh, and not get caught about, about just a new shiny thing <clears throat> that everybody's talking about. And, and that's sometimes it's a challenge because, I mean, everybody wants to, to work with with the last technology, with the last buzz. I mean, right now, look, uh, we can talk about blockchain, but blockchain is just everywhere and everybody's talking about that. And, you know, uh, if you ask a bunch of developers what they would like to, to work on, but for sure, that's the new shiny thing. Uh, but, but you need to, to figure out when it's the right, right thing to do as well. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I want to answer that one too. Like, how can I tell <laughs> people when is the right time to you know, step out and and put in a new technology. That's real. That's real. I'm gonna answer that question for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go think about it for a couple of days. I'm gonna write up a a little thing and, and figure out when to how to answer that. I have another question. Um, sure. This is one I've been thinking about since we've been on the call. <laughs> so it it just came, it came up when we were talking about for some reason when I was talking about sales or helicopters or whatever. But when I'll tell you a little story. So like if you want a better body, like you go to the gym, right? And you train, if you want to become better at, you know, lapping and racing, you train, you practice, right? You watch videos, you talk with friends, have discussions. If you want to, if you have a sales, you have a sales team at your company, right? Mm -hmm. So the yep. way you get them better is by doing sales training. And then if you want to become better at helicopter driving, you do helicopter pilot training, right? But here's the thing I've been thinking about since we started talking, uh, what we don't train developers like we teach developers how to develop in code schools but 
like I've never seen a training thing to like continuous, like continuous education for developers to keep learning about being better developers. Like I've just never, I'm just now thinking about it. Have you seen anything like that? But it's interesting because it's one of the things I'm trying to uh, to keep in Venzi and making sure that, you know, um, we started, um, yeah, some time ago to do webinar, uh, you know, where, where you have just people presenting a new technology. Uh, I'm trying to bring that to another level where also uh, people present the work they did, the R&D, they did some time on their their um, uh, side side time because you know a bunch of people have also side project. You're a geek or you're not. So right. what you don't do when you don't program for for living, you program for fun. So yep. <laughs> so you ran into a bunch of new technology there, and it's something I, I'm trying to put um, a lot of emphasis on specifically this year. You know, I was talking about moving to a quality mode. It's also quality in terms of making sure that the people I'm working on get better. Um, so yes, we have training LONs, but it's not just about saying to the people, hey, yeah, you can claim one grand per year to go to our training. If you don't put the right context, I feel that it's really hard to, to achieve. And, and I mean, probably I don't have the, the, the exact statistic, but but probably that that 70, 80 people, 80 percent of the people won't won't use it, you know. Uh, so you need to put that, to put emphasis on that, to put uh, creative periods. So one of the idea I'm working on right now is to make sure that those webinars uh, they are not necessarily just used by people to present, but that could be just, hey guys, you know, we just bought a course uh, about um, I don't know, it could be blockchain, could be serverless on Udemy. Like, you know that two hour you have in your in your calendar this Friday every sprint. By take that Friday and and spend some time to learn and let's regroup next sprint and talk about the experience we did and and the research we we uh, uh, research and answer that we we get. Uh, so I totally agree with you. It's 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 hard and I saw developer as well uh, in my career that just stop learning after getting out of of college. And it's like, like if the world will never change and, and they will continue to work <laughs> on the same technology for the next uh, 20, 30, 40 years until you you, you reach your retirement. Uh, no, uh, that's if you want to stay a good coder, it's not the, the way things work. But uh, but yeah, it's a, it's true. I feel that as there there's, I mean, there's course out there, uh, but training to become a good developer, um, I think... The business has a lot to do on that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working with a lot of different people, uh, working with, with some freelancer uh, that never worked on a big enterprise at first. And, and you know, one, one of the comments I had uh, from one of the last guy I, I've hired uh, is, wow, the level of communication on, on, in your company is pretty high. And I was like, Yes, I mean we're following Scrum, so we have daily Scrum and everything. Yeah, 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 but you're really doing Scrum, and I mean you're really talking and making sure that everybody understands what's going on and so on. I'm, it's kind of very cool because this guy was more used to to receive a feature and say, "Here's the sprint planning. See you back in two weeks, and then hopefully you'll be able to merge that and everything will continue to work." So. That evolution of, of changing the mind, I feel that it's um, if if as a CTO we don't put that in as a high priority, it will be hard because because uh, as you said, it's not it's not like oh yeah, there's a, a course to become a better driver. There's ads everywhere during at least here during the winter. There's a bunch of people that build company around how to be become a, a good driver on the snow or a safe driver at least on on snow. Um, but yeah, as a developer, you need you need to 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 stay there, to stay on the edge, if you want to uh, uh, to continue to have a great career and evolve in your role as well. That's a video. That's like a training thing. Like we could take that information and put that in a video and then send it out. And now now development teams all over the earth will be able to answer that question. 
Yeah, because I don't think it's a it's a question that have uh, only one answer. I mean, it's exactly. the, the context. The context is so different, and the context. I, I lived in Venzi. Yes, I, we figured out our answer, but but yeah, I would be definitely interested to hear about uh, uh, about uh, other folks out there and and how they they manage that that challenge and and also hear from from the folks that that fell in into that because I mean, uh, of there's a website that I. Don't recall the dedicated to the failure, and I mean, uh, we see that some some team that just never end up their R and D period. So so they they kind of use all their funds to to figure out the best architecture, and they end up their life in the architecture. But there was no product on top of that. So because yeah, I mean that's that's clearly a pitfall. When when you're when you're a geek and you know I was talking about the the last shiny thing, if you always run after that that shiny thing, you you may that 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 may become a pitfall at some point. You know? Oh, that is a well. I guarantee you, there's a couple thousand people listening that is like, yeah. I sp- no, we talked to who did we talk to last week? We talked to a guy who had a a parking startup, like they dealt with uh, parking cars and things like that, and mm-hmm. they had an app, and he said that. You know, they had customers, they had cash flow and everything, but for some reason he was just busy upgrading the systems and the company ended up failing because he spent, he, instead of getting new customers, they just went out and they got some, some customers and then they focused all their time on just moving from one platform to another to improve, but like it didn't bring any value and then it, the business didn't work. They chased a shiny thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, an example. And I mean, they're, they're, I feel there's a way to 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 manage, you know, that that upgrade, and there's their mechanism that you can put in place. You know, I'm I'm our growth is is was pretty uh, slow at the beginning, so being able to see the things coming, uh, sometimes it was pretty obvious. You know, before before a server start crashing, but it start to go slow, and then you start to hear complain about the user. If you don't act. That's at the end, you're going to have a crashing platform and that's where you're going to lose user. If it's just about, okay, some slowliness, but make sure you start acting as fast as possible. Make sure you have performance testing um, automated that you can run at any time and you measure that um, that change in performance. But but yeah, it's not an exact science, definitely not. Is, with Angular version one, are they still releasing updates on it or are they completely abandoned it? Uh, no, I think it's uh, maybe if they find a, a security breach somewhere, they'll, they'll do an update. But uh, I think no, it's it's pretty much stopped at this point. So of course they'll they'll release security patches, but you know, I mean, same with pretty much anything. I was just curious about like if there's subgroups of people who take over the project and they're like, no, we want Angular one to continue. <laughs> Right, I'm sure there's a GitHub project somewhere of someone who couldn't let it go. Oh yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> We're gonna oh. see a fork yeah, at some point of of people that don't want to let it go, but uh, but yeah, uh, this is super is super stable right now. So um, yeah, if if people want to find out more about you, how would they do that? Um, I think LinkedIn. It's the best way to to reach me you know, for uh, for people that uh, are not uh, necessarily in contact right now. Uh, you can look for Venzi, and then uh, I'm uh, I'm part of the the, the founder there, uh, Angel.co as well. Um, we have our profile there, and it's uh, to be honest, it's it's one of uh, our main uh, hiring pipeline, uh, Angel.co. So uh, yeah, that's really easy to to reach me. Uh. Fantastic! Yeah, I'll check that out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marco, for hanging out and talking with me today. Hey, thank you too. That was uh, super great. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this, get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.